in that spirit. Welcome to this in-gathering Sunday here at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. Once again, we gather as a diverse and inclusive spiritual community that seeks to inspire love, work for justice, and grow in community. Whoever you are, we welcome you. Wherever you've come from, know that you are welcome here. Whomever you love, be welcome here. May this be a place where you can be your fullest and most authentic self. This morning, we have one announcement. I want to say thank you to everyone who came out to help clean the church and spiff up the grounds yesterday. Georgia, who organized this event, Kay and Mark, Brian, Blaine, Dana, Claudia, Mary, Jennifer and Don, Jill, Becky, Mary Lou, Carol, and Rick. Everything looks wonderful and smells so clean. Thank you. Once again, welcome on this Sunday of in-gathering as we begin a new church year together. Summer with its days of freedom and play is coming to an end. As the fall approaches and the days grow shorter in anticipation of the changing seasons, it is time for gathering in once again, joining together in gladness to be this community we call a church. A community of all ages that sings our songs, shares our journey, cares for one another, works together for the common good and continues our lifelong search for truth and meaning. In this spirit of ingathering, our call to worship is adapted from Richard S. Gilbert's words. We bid you welcome, who come with hope in your heart, who come with anticipation in your step, who come proud and joyous. Come to seek and explore. Bring your questions and your wisdom. We bid you welcome, who come with weary spirit, seeking rest, who come with troubles that are too much with you, who come hurt and afraid. Bring your joys and sorrows to share. Come and find balm for the aching heart. Come find a word of healing and hope. We bid you welcome who are seekers of a new faith, who come to probe and explore, who come to learn. Come meet with eagerness and delight, for we need one another in our search for truth. Bring the things you care about and want to help make better. Come speak here of your dreams and longings. We bid you welcome who enter this house of memory and hope as a homecoming, who have found here room for your spirit. May you find in this people a family, a community of love to sustain you, joyful and faithful companions to walk with you. Now would you join me in saying to one another, we bid you welcome. We bid, we bid you, you welcome. welcome. And in the spirit of welcome, come, let us worship together. Before the world was mapped, there were many more places you could go. The only borders were natural ones, impassable mountains, violent oceans, treacherous swamps, and the limits of your imagination. These days, of course, we live in a world that has been mapped and measured, examined and explained. And we know where everything is, how long it's been there and how long it's going to be there. But it was not always so. Once, and it may still be true for those with particularly strong imaginations, you had only to dream of a place to be sure that it existed somewhere. The world was but a mirror of your mind. One such place was the wishing well. It didn't look like anything special, just an ordinary stone well with a wooden bucket in the middle of a field. 
but dropped that bucket down into the wishing well, and it came up full and frothing and bubbling with your deepest desire. Childless families came to the well and pulled up a bucket of a newborn baby. And many of the musicians and philosophers came to drink deeply from the drought of inspiration. But though few saw it in their excitement of finding the well, carved on the rim of the stone were six words of warning, an old curse. May all your wishes be granted. Take those who came seeking riches, for instance. (laughs) Pulling up the bucket of gold, they discovered their treasure was too heavy to carry. (laughs) And their skeletons were sometimes found buried under those riches. The brokenhearted, too, came to the wishing well, desiring only to forget. But after drinking from the well, they forgot not only the name of their beloved, but also their own name and origins or professions. It was said that the wishing well was only ever found by those who believed they would find it. And no sooner had they emptied the bucket of their wishes than the well would vanish and reappear somewhere else. So it was perhaps ironic that the last person to find the wishing well was one of the rare souls who wanted nothing at all. He was home wherever he lay his head to sleep, And owning no more than the clothes on his back, he was grateful that he had nothing to carry. His friends were the people he happened to meet as he walked the earth. And he traveled wherever the winds blew him. Until one day, when a mischievous wind gust nudged him into a large open field with a stone well in the middle. It was a hot day, so... He walked up to the well to slake his thirst and lowered the bucket to pull himself a drink of water. The rope, though, seemed creaky and reluctant, and when it came up too light to have filled, he expected to find holes in the bottom of the bucket. But instead, there was a folded note. Opening it, he read, Are you sure? Scratching his head, he suddenly saw the words carved into the stone rim, and all at once he understood where he was and broke into a hearty laughter. (laughs) What on earth could he wish for? He needed new shoes, it was true, but the ones he wore were so comfy now that his feet were used to them. He could do something, he could use something to eat, but he was willing to bet there were berries in season in the forest. He briefly considered asking for a new razor, as the one that he had was going quite rusty. (laughs) But it seemed like such a waste of a wish, and he rather fancied himself with a beard anyway. (laughs) It's 
struck him as a little sad that so many people would have given their little finger to be where he stood, and yet he couldn't think of what to wish for. Then inspiration struck, and he lowered the bucket, chuckling as he dunked it in the water below and pulled up a load of dynamite. Striking a match on the stubble of his chin, he lit the fuse, and as he let the bucket fall, he ran as fast as his legs would carry him. A loud explosion from behind him sent him sprawling on his face. And suddenly the air filled with a cacophony of sound. Elephants blowing their trumpets mixed with the sound of roaring locomotives and a New Orleans jazz band. They raised their hands to see all the water from the well shooting up in the air in an impossible collage of images. Flamingos performing ballet on the backs of enormous whales. Polar bears kissing passionately in tuxedos. And telephone boxes argued furiously over whether there was such thing as free will. And then it was all gone. The water of the wishing well evaporated into the sky and mingled with the clouds. A sharp breeze came along, and in no time the clouds were dispersed far and wide across the planet. Which is why, if you ever want a wish to come true, all you have to do is take a walk in the rain, stick out your tongue, and maybe, just maybe, you'll catch a drop from the wishing well. So during your summer adventures, your travels, the more relaxed time was water a part of your fun? Anybody spend time at a lake, in a lake, swimming, splashing around? Okay. How many people got out those great, big, powerful water shooter thingies and got good and wet? <laughs> Come on, adults. I know you did. <laughs> So for my vacation last month, water figured in prominently. I went to southern Missouri. It's a beautiful part of the country, and it's always a spiritual experience for me. I feel wonder and awe every time I visit there. Ancient bluffs of limestone that hold thousands of caves ready to explore. Hiking in the Mark Twain National Forest and finding abandoned mills. Swimming in the crystal clear rivers that carved that rugged landscape. Being a gentleman caver, which means going into caves that have lights and paths and tour guides. And I visited some of the country's largest natural springs. The springs have a real draw for me. I don't know why, but they're so fascinating. They're this incredible shade of blue, pretty much just like this blue. They're beautiful. As they're draining through the caves and the waterways underground, they're eroding the rock, and the color comes from all the minerals they carry every day. As I visited some different springs, I imagine the springs told me a story. They told me about their water's journey, its memories as it fell from the sky and found its way through the rock, as it flowed out of the springs and into the nearby rivers. By the way, just if you're wondering, that water is about 58 degrees. We can't burr. <laughs> 
And I wonder, does the water remember where it's been, what it's done? There was a theory that water molecules remember where they've been as they move through the world. It's been tested and disproven, but as Jason Shelton, who wrote one of the pieces the choir is singing this morning, says, this idea works well with our UU theology of interdependence. Everything is connected, and we depend on those connections for our lives. So we gather today in community to remember and renew these connections. This morning, we particularly celebrate these connections with water communion, a ritual that began 39 years ago. I'll tell you the story. They were white women who gathered, angry white women, because their voices were not being heard and their spiritual needs were not being met. So they decided to have a conference on women and religion in East Lansing, Michigan in November of 1980 and no men were allowed to attend. These women came together in solidarity. They came together to awaken, to reconnect to their power, to reclaim their gender identity, to seek to make new meaning. They wanted to break open Unitarian Universalism, make it more inclusive. One of the things they did was a simple but beautiful ritual. Carolyn McDade, who wrote uh, our beloved song, Spirit of Life, and Lucille Shuck Longview were asked to create a worship service during the conference. So McDade tells us it was a strong service about community taking power, about creating a political and liberating theology. McDade and Longview spent a long time creating this service. They wanted nature and community at the center just like our service today. They named that service Coming Home Like Rivers to the Sea. The women gathered outside in a circle and they sang songs of water, and then they combined the water they had brought with them into a large, clear bowl. As each woman poured water into the bowl, she said something about the significance of the water. One woman brought water she collected from the Pacific Ocean near her home. Another woman brought water from the Mississippi River. Still another, water from the Hudson Bay and another from the Gulf of Mexico. One woman brought rainwater she caught as it dripped from the roof of her house. This ritual inspired these women to be more active in Unitarian Universalism and to become leaders in our movement. It had been very men-centered, but they decided it was time to change that. During that conference, the first draft of what we now know as our principles and purposes was written. The original principles were revised and the sexist language of those original principles was changed to be more inclusive and reflect the diversity of our denomination. So almost 40 years later, most of our UU congregations celebrate water communion around this time. It's simple, but there's so much it has to teach us. It's very powerful. First of all, our ritual symbolizes Unitarian Universalism, which finds its strength in diversity drawing from many different places and many sources of wisdom. Water communion challenges us to remember that water is a precious gift we need to live. We need to know about the people in this country, including Flint, Michigan, and across the world who don't have access to clean, safe water, and that we must work to not only provide them water, but to protect it. In this time of climate change, we've been witness to the power of water to destroy as well as give life. We take time to recognize and honor the important role that water plays in our everyday lives. Water communion also invites us back into this circle of belonging. 
The water may not actually remember, but as we share water today, we are invited to remember, to remember, to reclaim our place as members in this place, to become part of this community once again, to know that there is a place for every single one of us here and that the gifts, the love, the energy we each bring are needed to make this place what it is, a spiritual home where we can discover truth and grow, where we can be our real selves and learn to be our best selves, a house where we remember our connections to each other and all of life. This morning, let us gather as those women did. Let us come together in solidarity, seeking awakening, reconnecting to our power, seeking to make new meaning. But let us seek more than solidarity and harmony. Let us work to open our hearts and open up Unitarian Universalism even more to make this community and our faith even more inclusive. Let us recommit ourselves to living our seventh principle, the interconnected web of all existence of which we are each a beloved part. So as we blend our water and our lives together once again, let us be grateful for the gift of water. And let us also remember that we are connected to one another and all of life and that together we are a people of hope and a life-changing love. We are a people of power and so much possibility. May it be so, and it is together we make it so.
Everyone is welcome to participate in our water communion. If you didn't bring any water, there is water here that you're welcome to use. It is all connected. And here's how our ritual will work. There will be three different opportunities to pour water. Pour water that symbolizes beginnings and possibilities as we begin a new church year together. Or as we share joys and concerns from the yellow cards and pour water that symbolizes life, storms, and struggles, you're welcome to pour water then. Your concerns, worries, frustrations, and losses. And then the third opportunity is the water of hope. Don't worry about the time for sharing. That's the right time. Choose the time that feels right and invites you to think about your life as it is and the meaning of the water you pour. We begin by pouring a little bit of water that was saved from last year's water communion. The Rainmaker by Clarissa Pincola Estes. You could be the water, for by the scent of water alone, the withered vine comes back to life. And thus, wherever the land is dry and hard, you could be the water. Or you could be the iron blade disking the earth open. Or you could be the asequia, the mother ditch, carrying the water from the river to the fields to grow the flowers for the farmers. Or you could be the honest engineer, mapping the dams that must be taken down and those dams which could remain to serve the venerable all, instead of only the very few. You could be the battered vessel for carrying the water by hand, or you could be the one who stores the water. You could be the one who protects the water, or the one who blesses it, or the one who pours it. Or you could be the tired ground that receives it, or you could be the scorched seed that drinks it, or you could be the vine, green growing over land in all of your wild audacity. beginnings and possibilities. The water that begins as a tiny stream or a spring and becomes a great river. Water from the Great Lakes, the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans, and the Euphrates and Tigris rivers. We bring water that invites us to break out of routines, to see life as a journey rather than a destination, and to embrace the joy and wonder that come when we experience new ideas and new ways of living I invite you now, come and pour water of beginnings and possibilities. Part two, pouring the water of life's storms and struggles. Hurricane by Mary Oliver. It didn't behave like anything you had ever imagined. The wind tore at the trees, the rain fell for days slant and hard, the back of the hand to everything. I watched the trees bow and their leaves fall and crawl back into the earth, as though that was that. This was one hurricane I lived through. The other one was of a different sort and lasted longer. Then I felt my own leaves giving up and falling, the back of the hand to everything. But listen now to what happened to the actual trees. Toward the end of the summer, they pushed new leaves from their stubbed limbs. 
It was the wrong season, yes, but they couldn't stop. They looked like telephone poles and didn't care. And after the leaves came blossoms. For some things, there are no wrong seasons, which is what I dream of for me. Now as we honor life's passages, struggles, joys we experience, we bring this water of life's storms and struggles, the water of power, of intense energy of storms, from Niagara Falls and Victoria Falls, the Southern Ocean and the Caribbean Sea, and the mighty Columbia and Colorado Rivers. We bring water that honors our grief and sorrow, reminds us that we travel together through life's struggles and challenges, invites us to grow and become strong. I invite you, come now, pour water of storm and struggle. Denise Levertov. Don't say, don't say there is no water to solace the dryness of our hearts. I have seen the fountain springing out of the rock, and you are drinking there. And I too, before your eyes, found footholds and climbed to drink the cool water. The woman of that place, shading her eyes, frowned as she watched, but not because she grudged the water only because she was waiting to see we drink our fill and were refreshed. Don't say, don't say there is no water. That fountain is there among its scalloped green and gray stones. It is still there and always there with its quiet song and strange power to spring in us up and out through the rock. We bring the water of hope the water of resilience, of possibility of life. From the boundary waters, from Mammoth Spring, the Nile and Amazon rivers, the great aquifers beneath us, and the rain clouds above us. We bring water that renews and refreshes, that flows through us and all of life, making us all one, and that makes all things new. I invite you, come now and pour water of hope. you join me now in blessing the waters in this community as a responsive reading you'll find in your order of service. The waters are tranquil. 
when we affirm the interconnectedness of people everywhere, when we express our commitment to this community and to the earth in ways that call forth beauty and generate strength, and when we minister to each other with compassion. The waters rush when we embrace our imagination and our creativity, our power to unveil our old ways of thinking and to create new visions. The waters shine when we use our powers wisely and for the good, when we question and doubt, when we challenge ourselves to understand ourselves and the world around us. And when the waters storm, we consecrate our energy and loyalty to signify that we place ourselves, hearts, minds, and hands at the service of something larger than ourselves. May the spirit that is love hold us, and may this community nourish us as our journey together continues. May we be renewed as a people who inspire love, seek justice, and grow together in community. May it be so. As we've shared our water now, it is time to share other gifts we bring. Two tests of our spiritual life are the capacity to give and the capacity to receive. This congregation thrives because of each of you so generously share your time, your talents and gifts, and your financial resources with one another and this community. Thank you. The way that all the water becomes the water moving right through me. The river runs and connects me to the sea. Falls down into the stream, the stream flows into the ocean. These currents are a part of me and echo in my ocean. We spend our lives drifting down the river, her liquid arms keeping us afloat. We walk the paths of those who came before us. Into this path our currents we devote We move together We ride this river We become the water and go on forever Sometimes stops the thin stillness of emotion. The wind within the river breaks. We're right back to the ocean. The water rushing over me becomes the rain tomorrow. It falls upon the broken ground and heals all earthly sorrow. We spend our lives drifting down the river. Her liquid arms keeping us afloat. We walk the paths of those who came before us. Into this path our currents we devote. We move together.
together We ride this river We become the water And go on Forever Now as we prepare to return to the world, let us carry the gifts we've been given this day, the company of one another, the blessings of this water with us. Would you join me now in the words for extinguishing the chalice? We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. And we carry these in our hearts and minds until we are together again. And these are the words of Kaylee Rice. Today you brought water and poured it into a common bowl. Though our experiences have differed, these waters mingle, signifying our common humanity. Today you came and shared in this sacred community. May you depart this sacred space, hearts filled with hope for new beginnings, a fresh start. Go forth, but return to this community where we'll shed rivers of tears, where dry souls will be watered, where your joy bubbles up, where your life cup overflows, where deep in your spirit you have found in this place a home. So now blessed by this time together and filled with hope for the possibilities awaiting us, let us go forth in peace and in joy to inspire love, seek justice, and grow in community. May it be so. Blessed be and amen.